If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 25. Suns fan here with Cinderin. This is sponsored by absolutely nobody at this current moment in time. Remember, you can watch this on YouTube, Dota Cinema, after the fact, or listen to it on audio at sunsfan.gg slash podcast, or just go to any of your favorite apps, whether it be Apple for some godforsaken reason, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Google, whether it be literally anything. As far as I know, we have done every single app. Cinderin, how is how's he? How's he? Ever. Yeah. How how you doing? Hey, you're full of energy. I'm I'm impressed. I think this is the most energetic intro you've ever done. Do you know why? So I I took a nap. Oh, I thought you were gonna make a time zone joke because I have an extra <laughs> hour to do. <laughs> That's an inside joke for only the live viewers, which of course you can watch on Twitch.tv/sunsetv at two a.m. PST slash eleven a.m. CEST. This will slightly change when time zones change, which we just talked about off stream. Yep. Uh, And the reason I get confused this time of year is because Arizona is its own time zone. We don't change. So half the year we are aligned with PST, aka PDT or whatever, Pacific, and the other half we're aligned with Mountain. Right now I'm on Pacific. It will be Mountain. So if you're watching live... This will be aligned with me, a.k.a. it's always 2 a.m. Arizona time, Cinderin. It means you have to get up an hour earlier. Yes. I do apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it work. Oh, hang on. Something changed with my microphone settings. Okay, I turned it down to normal. I, oh, is it? Are you doing this again to me? No. I, so you know what? You're I doing think, this again. I think Zoom just updated, or I know Zoom just updated, and it might have reset some of my settings. Excellent. Somehow. I'm so glad to know. hear that, Cinderin. Okay. Well, I'm back where I should be now. So yeah, I think sound, things are okay. Everything looks good to me. So let's get Thank started you, with the episode. The Before we actually get started with the episode, <laughs> Cinderin, the NBA is starting today. I am so excited. The NBA season me finally too. begins. Zion Williamson, the most coveted number one pick since LeBron James, the most hyped player possibly in NBA history, aside from LeBron James is out six to eight weeks from an aniscus tear. <laughs> he has a very fat, and it's a muscular body. I shouldn't say he's fat, but he's very thick. He's a thick boy, very athletic. Right. But a, a lot of people, including myself, kind of saw this coming, that he might have some knee issues, and this is not a good sign that he already t- tore his meniscus. It's one of the better ones. Technically, you don't want to like tear your ACL or something like that, but not great nonetheless, Sindarin. Are you excited right. for the NBA? All the drama. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to decide if I'm excited because you're going to be talking about something that you're passionate about, unlike Dota, or if I'm not excited because we're going to be talking less about Dota. Uh, we probably won't talk about it much, honestly. So what's going to happen you is the Suns now, are but the Suns are going to be awful, and I'm going to be depressed. And yeah, so you will talk about that every week. I that's true. That would be a rant. 
And the thing is, I watch every single game, so it's just going to get worse as time goes on. It's 82 games in a season. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> okay, so let's start out with Dota. We have some interesting topics today. Um, I'm actually really excited sure. for this episode because we're kind of going to go off the cuff a bit. But first, right. let's start with the standard stuff. We've got the matchmaking update that just came out. Do you want to discuss? It's a very small one, but I think it's relevant to talk about. Yeah, it's really quick because the only thing they changed was that immortal players can no longer be matched with players below divine and this is a band-aid solution to some of the complaints that pro players were giving that their games were way too unbalanced where the spread was too big now this system has another unfortunate problem with it though which is a lot of pro players have friends that aren't as good at the game as they are and now they can't party queue ranked anymore um so you know there's two sides to it you just have to party unranked if you want to play with your friends right now. And in the future, maybe things get rebalanced again so you can party queue with your friends. Um, Why does unranked I, look so down upon by higher-end players when it comes um, to like just people, playing with people? People like having progression in their games and having something to play for, right? If you want to go all the way back to something we've talked about in the past, I think one of the failures of Artifact on launch was that it didn't have a progression system. It means a lot to players to feel like they're getting better or that they have something to well, play for. Aren't there other ways to progress, though? There's other progression systems. Uh, It's just, it's the system Dota has. I would say, like... Dota used to have other progression systems, but it doesn't have it anymore. It doesn't have the level-up system anymore. It doesn't have... When there's no battle pass, there's no, like, jungle or something else you can progress in, which is rewarding. So, in the current state of time in Dota, the only progression system we have is MMR. And you yeah. take that away from those people playing together, and it I can understand that that's frustrating. So. No, I, I get it. I think that it could easily be remedied, though. Like, if you have a battle pass for each season, kind of like we had before, <clears throat> you know, a uh, an autumn slash, I guess, winter. I guess you don't need autumn. So winter mm-hmm. into spring, and then you have TI for the summer. Right. Uh, which I guess you're kind of... I guess autumn would still work because it would be post-TI. But either way... You can put in some sort of progression systems that don't have to be MMR related that will absolutely incentivize people to play unranked. And that I kind think of remedies be a super a lot of good issues. thing to do. Absolutely. I think Dota does not have nearly enough progression systems compared to what it could. And the one that most people talk about that they miss is just the level up system where you would level up and you would get a treasure because it encourages yep. you to play, it encourages you to be active in the game, and you get something in return. Even if it's not something great, it still feels like you gained something. And they took that out of the game because supposedly it was starting to be flooded with too many items that were low value or whatever, or it was messing with the market. BZZ sets. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever it was. Um, it's true. Somebody's just saying there is an all hero challenge <clears throat> in chat. That is correct. There is the all hero challenge. I guess that is a progression system in a way. You can do it once, I mean, you can do it however many times you want. Um, but you I know think what's funny, it's funny, Sinan? Diminishing returns I, on it. How many years has that been out yet so far? I don't would know. Would you say? I haven't done the first hero. Can you believe it? <laughs> What's your first hero? It's Omni Knight. <laughs> I have not played Omni Knight in a really long time. I uh, think I've been stuck forever as well. I think I'm on techies. I'm not sure. <laughs> yep, that, that makes sense. Techies are Arc Warden. I don't think it'll ever get past that. Yeah, uh, probably but, not. I mean, there's Dota Plus. That's kind of the issue, right? There's Dota Plus, which has progression system in a, in a way. Uh, but then if you come out with a progression system that's not attached to Dota Plus, then Dota Plus loses a lot of its value, right? But I do miss the days yes. where you can play and just get sets. You can play and I don't know. I feel like there, there's definitely yeah, a system true. that can be implemented. But That's fair. I think, I think I should take back what I said. Dota Plus definitely has a progression <laughs> system. So that is true. There is a progression system in Dota. Uh, and 
for Dota Plus, it doesn't matter whether you play ranked or unranked. It gives the same reward for it. Would um, you say most so, pros have Dota so yeah. Plus? Yes. In my experience, they do. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, moving on. Uh, Valve kind of announced in a Reddit thread, which, again, this is just the communication stuff we're talking about that's getting better and better. They are saying there's not going to be Dire Tide. Not a shock to me. Yep. Uh, if you guys no. remember, the first Dire Tide was a, I guess it was a pretty big hit because it was, I think, the first mini game ever released for Dota. Uh, yes. Like an event, I that guess was. you could say. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I would say the mode actually wasn't that good. It was more of a, it's just new and exciting versus yeah. it being actually good. And then, of course, the next year, people went crazy. The whole Volvo thing, the meme. Uh, oh, God. Don't remind and then, me. Was it the year That's after so they put it in? Or did they put it in oh. later that year, I guess? It must have been later that year. So they just. Uh, I don't remember. They put in the dire tie. It was essentially the same thing, maybe some slight differences. And yeah. most people were reminded this actually is not fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun yeah. to begin with. So I think if they put in Diartide in its current in its original form in the game right now, people would not enjoy it nearly as much, especially if they don't have all the hats that came with it. I think part of the reason a lot of people liked it was that it gave free stuff to play. So it was fun to play for the purpose of getting drops. Um and then the second version of Diartide, I think it gave way fewer drops, or maybe not even drops at all, I don't know. And yeah, well, if they follow the policy that they have lately on how items are introduced in the game, then I don't know how they would make Dire Tide. Because like you said, the, the game mode, with the way Dota has developed, I think people are a little bit rose-tinted on this one. Like the game wasn't actually that good. It was fun, it was different, but yeah, it wasn't nearly something like Silt Breaker, for example, which was pretty much a game on its own. And I fucking loved that. And I know some well, people didn't, and that's fine. But, Very mixed reaction on that one, like we've talked about yeah, before. But like absolutely. the Wraith Knight, you know, those big boss yes. ones that you have to great, coordinate great with mode. your team to try to destroy. Mm-hmm. They could probably just come out with a dire tie that's similar to that. And I think people would Maybe, like yeah. it because it is a Halloween it. theme. I think that would so, be. Yeah. I think Either that's way, what they should do, honestly. It sounds they like they're not doing it. that, though, right? Yeah, not this year anyway. So whatever. Yeah. True. I think there are some people are going to be upset, but I don't think that was that big of a deal. I think most people remember that it just <laughs> wasn't really worth the time so yeah. they'd rather valve work on the big update that they're working on so exactly and the reason we should clarify that the reason there's no diatize that they say they've placed their resources differently like they're focusing on the big patch with outlanders and mmr tweaking and new player experience i think that's the absolute biggest one and i think i really want valve to take their time on the new player experience we haven't talked about it that much on this podcast but the thing they're working on right now i think is maybe the most important thing for the future of the game in the next years. Agreed. It's more important than any balance patch. It's more important than any content you put in the game outside of that. New heroes, whatever. You need to make the game appealing for new people to play, or your player base will decline and then decline and then decline more. It's not like we need new players, but it just helps, obviously. It's good for the game to have more people play it. And you hear so many anecdotal stories if you read Reddit or talk to friends about how they try to have a friend play it. The friend plays three games, gets super discouraged from getting crushed by Smurfs or the game being way too complicated to get into and just give up. And then mm-hmm. we're like, man, that's so stupid. They shouldn't give up. It's such a good game. But then you remember for yourself, well, if you sit down and play another video game, just put yourself in that spot. Think about it. You've never played a, a game in this genre before. You sit down and you play another video game. Let's say you play a shooter. 
and you play it for three hours, you're like, eh, this shooter isn't that good. I'm just going to go play Counter-Strike instead. Well, guess what? That's how it is for a lot of people trying Dota the first time. They're like, this isn't for me. And you need to make it for them. So... See, it's that interesting. Is really, really important. I know that there's a certain segment of people that when they started Dota, or even just current players, they enjoy the fact that it's so complicated because it means you can never master it. It's just so much to learn. It's just, you kind of have to mm-hmm. put the onus on yourself to learn this stuff because there's not easy resources. You have to go to YouTube or whatever the case may be, watch streams. Right. The interesting thing for me, I don't know if you, you're probably not like this. I When Dota first, uh, when I first... Uh, started playing dota one back in the day it was exactly the same thing mm-hmm. right where it's even harder to actually learn because i remember taking notes there's no youtube youtube didn't literally didn't exist back then actually uh <laughs> yeah. god damn i'm old um damn yeah but like it was actually so much harder to get into games there'd be so many cheaters there's so many issues but i still stuck with it and i feel like i don't do that for any other game anymore i think i've actually lost my patience to learn new games, it's a huge turnoff for me. And I think that's more age-related than anything, but I can understand mm. somebody's perspective, even if they're younger, they don't, they're nev- they've never been like that. They've never been a person that just wants to grind and understand the game a little bit better. I don't know if I'm buying the age argument, because I think a lot of it more is just a change in the uh, industry, like what has happened over the last 15 years. Now there's an abundance of games, so you don't feel like, oh, I should probably learn this because I okay. heard it's a really good game and it might be hard, but I'll get into it. Because now it's just like, I'll just play one of the other 5,000 critically acclaimed great games. I'm just playing to right. have fun, right? I can find another game. Uh, back when Dota was out, the the options of good games that you could run on your computer that had multiplayer that was enjoyable was just way more limited. So you're competing with a totally different range of games and titles and genres now than you did back then. That's true. Um, and Warcraft 3, obviously, was... The reason Dota became successful was that everybody and their mother had Warcraft 3. And if this was the custom game of the time, then you would learn it because everybody else was playing it because everybody else was playing Warcraft 3. Um, it's the same with Counter-Strike, right? Back then, uh, Counter-Strike was the shooter. So everybody was playing CS. Then you start getting Call of Duties. Then you start getting... Uh, Rainbow Six that we have now or whatever. Like, there's multiple shooters, so now the player base is splitting into subdivisions, right? Um, so you're just you're just competing against a totally different That's true. Uh, industry. And on top of that, I would say, this is more speculation, I would say, but overall, the patience of the average player is probably lower as well. And I think it's just a sign of the times that with, like, social media, our attention spans are just narrowing because we always have this immediate gratification wherever we go you can just go on social media you can just play another game you can just go and watch a stream you could just watch videos on youtube there's always something for you everywhere so you don't really need to be patient and wait for something you can just find something else instantly anywhere you want yep um and that's both good and bad but it's definitely a competition parameter for a game like dota right there is also an old man factor Cinderin. That could be. All of what you said um, is true. In addition, I'm not ruling it out. The patience but. is being lost on me. I can tell. I am legitimately becoming an old person now. Do you feel like older people are less patient than young people? Yes. Do you feel like a 15 year old is more patient than you? Okay, that's a, okay. That's an interesting question. Like, where do you think it changes? Is it but, what about a 20 year old? So, 15 year old definitely not as patient. Um, mm-hmm. There is a range, I suppose. And a lot of it has to do with like the, the times, right? If you, Let's say you go back 20 years mm-hmm. and you you have the same conversation. I feel like it's not quite the same. Like because of all this technology, it actually has gotten progressively worse, right? Mm-hmm. 
I would just say that I think being old, it is very normal to just be have less patience. You just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. less shits are given with each year of life that you live. Is what I would attest this, or my conclusion has come to through life experience. You'll learn one day, Cinder, and when you're up do, there. Do you feel me. like? Do you feel like that applies to all aspects of life? Yes. Yes. You're just impatient with everything. Well, I'm just. I wouldn't say I'm impatient. I'm. I'm less patient than I would have been five years, five, ten years ago, for sure. Okay. In all walks of life, pretty much. Okay, that's interesting. I. I don't know. I haven't thought about it much, so I can't tell you. I guess to an extent, it's a bit true for me as well, actually. So maybe there is something, but I think it's yeah. kind of normal. Okay. I mean, maybe it's more hardcore for the American crowd, but I don't know. <laughs> I think it actually is partially personality based, but. Mm-hmm. More so just age. I think that's very normal. Anywho, okay. uh, Dream yeah. League well, season... Oh, yes. Go on. That's fine. Dream League Let's season go. 12 has concluded, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. And I hear that you watched it. <laughs> Looks like Alliance yeah. won 3-2 against like, watched, Demon Slayers. I watched parts of it. There are actually some really good stories in this one. Um, the bad story first, Liquid did not show up. Uh, well, they did show up, but... Physically. But they didn't show up. Um, they were supposed to be one of the favorites. Pretty much everyone was expecting them to get to at least top three because they are, you know, it's the old Alliance squad. They've played at TI. They've been one of the European stables in the last year. Um, they end up getting 2-0, I think, by NIP in the group so that they start in the lower bracket. And there they barely scrape by Fly to Moon and then they get 2-0 by Demon Slayers, which is an NA team. Um... So that was the first major surprise. And then Demon Slayers were on a roll and they beat NIP as well, 2-1. to one. So they got to the finals and they were up 2-0 against the new Alliance who hadn't dropped a single game until the finals. And then Alliance reverse sweeped them 3-2. So there was a lot of like cool stories happening actually. Um, this was not a DPC event, so there were no points. Nobody qualified for anything, uh, but it was a good showing for Alliance obviously showcasing their new roster. They still haven't lost a series since they formed. Um, they also haven't played against tier one opponents to be fair, but still they're looking like a, a team that will go there if they keep working at it. Yeah. And obviously huge surprise for Demon Slayers and just overall good for the game that there's another NA team that does something, you know. Um, <laughs> Do something. It's not it's not a it's not a secret, and I don't think any of the pro players of NA would disagree that Europe is just has just been a stronger region for like the last year. Way more, way more top placements, way tougher qualifiers. Um, and no NA's biggest problem has been, I think, a lot about leadership and depth of the talent pool. So they just don't have as many players to pick from if you want to make a team that can compete internationally. And especially the number of captains in NA seems to be really few and far in between. But this team has one of the people that I actually think can captain a strong team, and that's Flea. Um, who is a part of this team? I I don't I'm not 100 sure if he's assigned the captain and drafter role, or if he's just like shot calling or whatever. But his teams have an ability to come out of nowhere and do really well. He's been super close to playing at TI two or three times, I think. Uh, out Where of is, so, I remember him playing a lot in the past. I feel it. like I haven't seen him play in the last year or two, or at least I just haven't noticed. Yeah, he took a yeah he took a little bit of a break. I think he's been like a little on and off. Um. But with this team, he hopefully gets some motivation. Because that's the other thing, right? If you're playing in NA and you don't qualify for events, you know, you have living costs like every other country does. And if you're not making money with this, then yeah, 
you can lose motivation. You have to, you know, you have to make ends meet. You go and do some other work and then you're not playing Dota. So you're not progressing, right? So even just getting the second place at this land, which was worth, I think, yeah, 60 grand for these players, that's that's great. You know, that's motivation. Yeah. That pays the bills for a while and then you can keep going. Uh, one of their players is Brazilian and one of the uh, two of their players are Canadian. Costa Bile. Uh, by the way. So I guess for Costa Bile, this is significantly more money than for the others, uh, assuming they split it evenly because living costs in Brazil should be way lower. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, at least to my knowledge. I would... I would say, although I didn't technically have to watch these games, the J Storm as an NA team, I think they have potential to be good. Uh, mm -hmm. They just haven't put it together yet. Obviously, this is a non-DPC event, so they still have time. Uh, and how good <laughs> does Loda and Kelly feel? <laughs> Alliance <laughs> win their first event as a, as a group, and the old Alliance uh, essentially get crushed in the second round, yeah. essentially. It, it probably... I, I don't know how... You know, one thing is the facade you put on and you say, good luck, guys. We wish you best of luck in your next yeah. team. And then, in, you know, the classic meme with the guy who's like, has the the smiling mask in front of a furious face. That's kind of what I think about. <laughs> yeah. like, is that what it's like for Alliance? Like, is Loda holding a grudge against them? As far as I know, no, there's no grudge. Like, he, he has been there as a player. He knows what it's like to get a really strong offer and being able to progress into higher salaries, better conditions, whatnot. So I don't think he really blames them that much. I think it's more something that the fans are really into this narrative that they betrayed Alliance. Because Alliance has a pretty passionate fan base, let's be honest. Um, That's true. That's something we didn't discuss is that their the PR yeah. for the team itself would probably have gone down. Yes. Right? It's not a, not a, um, took a little bit of a hit. I, I think, obviously, they're super happy. Their team is doing well. It helps them get better sponsorships and make more money. So, of course, they're very happy with that. I don't know how much there's schadenfreude here that Liquid didn't do well. I think the way bigger thing for them is that they did well themselves than that their previous team failed. If if the finals would have been Alliance versus Liquid and Liquid would have won, I th still think Loda would have been happy because his new team is doing well, right? Yeah. So, But it wasn't even close to that. So, whatever. <laughs> that was... It was not Liquid's LAN. Now we need to see them. I think they're playing in the upcoming ESL Hamburg. Let me actually just double check this. Hamburg. You actually say Hamburg. That's very Hamburg? interesting. Yeah. What do you say? H Hamburg? Hamburg. Isn't that how you say it? If you say it in German, it's Hamburg. Okay. It's not ESL Hamburg. 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 Yeah. Sounds so I would I find it funny you would say Hamburg <clears throat> or ha Hamburg because you know you say you say hamburger. So why wouldn't yeah, you say Hamburg? Because it's not a hamburger; it's Hamburg. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You get like, I mean, there's you some I mean. there's some American pronunciation that kind of triggers me. Of course, me being Middle Eastern, there's a lot of the Middle Eastern countries that get butchered, like uh, Iran. Everyone says mm -hmm. Iran. It's like Iran, you ran. We all ran to Iran. That's <laughs> not how you fucking say it, dude. It's not hard to say Iran or Iraq. Iraq, uh -huh. like, come on, it's not hard, dude. Like, I can get it. I get it if it's difficult to pronounce, but these are not difficult. This is just you being an <laughs> idiot. Okay, sorry, mini rant. Mini yeah, rant okay. over. Oh, we love the mini rants. Uh, yeah, I just checked. Both Liquid and Alliance are playing in Hamburg. Uh, Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you wanna if you wanna flame people for mispronouncing it, you need to pronounce it right too. You can't do, do you like mean? a half American pronunciation no. okay. and be like, do I'm doing it? better. You know. How do you pronounce it? Hamburg. See, that's too hard for an American to see. That okay, has then difficulty just say Hamburg. in it. No, then I don't want to say Hamburg. That's ah, oh, it sounds horrible. 
I want to reserve that pronunciation for my the most delicious meal on earth, which is a hamburger. Yeah? I'm not going to eat a hamburger in Hamburg. Oh, so it's because it's an insult to your favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> I, say well, okay, I don't want to insult an entire uh, region here, entire city, but uh, I do like my hamburger. don't want to insult your entire cuisine. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they're going to be playing at ESL and it happens. The finals are this weekend, the coming one. So we will be talking about that next episode, I'm sure. Um, and I believe the group stages actually start today. So Ooh. good stuff. There's going to be a lot of good games. 12 teams, some really big household names. Virtus Pro, VG Gaming, NIP is there, TNC Predator. So some of the strongest teams from every region. Liquid Alliance. Uh, then we have Gambit from CIS. And then there's some more up-and-coming teams. Uh, Quincy Crew, obviously the CCNC and Yawar team that we've been talking about a decent amount on previous episodes. Beast yeah. Coast, which is the old Anvergesa. Uh, Viking.gg's first LAN with <clears throat> some you know, very relatively inexperienced players on LAN. The number one that stands out is Bone7, who has in the past played for I missed him. Uh, Cloud9. Uh, Fighting Pandas, which is Eternal Envy's new stack that we were like, that I said might surprise. They definitely did to start with. They got first place in their qualifier for the major as well. Uh, when we talked about what teams could be doing well, uh, or shared first place with EG. And then finally, Wind and Rain, which is a. It says they came in from the China qualifier, but they have zero Chinese players. So I don't know about that one. That's a bit weird. But anyway. Um, maybe they're a replacement team because another team... Yeah, right. Okay, Invictus Gaming had to withdraw because of visa issues and they were replaced by Wind and Rain, which is a bit of a mixed bag with a Georgian player, two Finnish players, a Russian player, and a Ukrainian player. That Hmm. is a mixed team. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah, anyway, games start today, so that's going to be... Wait, no, they don't. It says group stage plays from the 25th. Huh? I think something is misleading here. Yeah, I don't know. Check for yourself. I think they play today. Yeah, check for <laughs> yourself. Just Google sound. it, guys. Don't worry. You don't need to watch this podcast. Just uh, Google this it. Doesn't sound right. Okay. Anyway, All right, we can probably move on. Yeah, there's some. Finally, yeah. some tournaments going to be starting up, and we will start paying attention. Mm-hmm. Or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> Underlords, Dota Underlords, something we haven't talked about in quite a while. I only want to spend five to ten minutes maximum on this, Cinderin. Because right. we have another topic that I am pretty sure will take an hour. Um, I could be wrong, but it's I right. find it fascinating on so many levels. So there is an enormous patch coming out for Dota Underlords. If you want specifics, Swim, Zeno, and I recorded today. It's already out. You can just watch it. Just search for Dota Underlords podcast. Uh, there will be 12 new heroes coming out. There How will many be... were there to begin with? Uh... I'm it's like a fifty percent increase in the roster, right? Yes, but Almost. there's there's a re- so it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you've actually read these, have you? Because I can explain all of it to you. It's all of the changes. I've well, read it, over quite a lot of them. Okay, so twelve new heroes, which I'm just going to mention who they are. We won't talk about too much other than that. Uh, mm-hmm. There, well, first there's a, a new alliance called Healer. It includes. Enchantress, Warlock, Dazzle, Omni Knight, and Necro, of which, of course, Dazzle is brand new. Then there's an Insect uh, alliance that includes Nyx, Weaver, Sand King, and Brood, of which, of course, Weaver, Nyx, and Brood are all brand new heroes. Mm-hmm. And if I go to the next, they've been doing like these reveals every day. <clears throat> next one is uh, Legion Commander. She has her own alliance called Champion. And I'm just going to briefly talk about this one because it makes it's very interesting. 
her buff essentially allows her to receive all alliance bonuses. So from my understanding, it doesn't contribute to other, to adding to an alliance, but if you have six knights, for example, she will be she will get the same buff as a knight, which is super cool. Um, but she will get multiple ones at once, not your yes. highest. Okay. Right. Any any current alliance that you have active, she will gain those buffs. So you can have scaled knights plus trolls, for example. Right. Be pretty Interesting. sick. Okay. Uh, also, there's a brute alliance now. That includes uh, Axe and Doom, which were heroes before, of course. Mm-hmm. And new heroes are Lifestealer and Magnus. And then moving on from that, we have Shadow Demon as a brand new hero. Bristleback is a brand new hero. Sven is an ace-tier hero, part of the Knight Alliance. Again, I don't want to go into specifics because it's just going to take too long. There's just so much to unpack here. Right. Uh, and then the last two heroes are Io um, and Faceless Void, who is an ace tier for the Assassin Squad, which makes me mega excited since I love Assassins. And this is mm-hmm. the most interesting change in the entire patch that's still to come, is Jail. So every single day, literally every 24 hours, 8 to 12 heroes will be removed from the pool yep. for that day. Now, they'll ensure that you can still you know, get all the alliances. So it's not like it's going to hinder you going for six knights, for example, because now there's seven knights. Uh, right. So what this does is, it, first of all, it just freshens things up, makes it a lot more interesting. It makes it so you can't solve the meta in a day because every day, or sorry, you can't solve the meta and then you have to update the game to fix it, right? This kind of fixes itself because you're just switching things up constantly. So that just makes it so much more interesting from a spectator standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of just those changes before we get to the last part? Uh, I think from you know, just out of everything you've mentioned so far, jail is the best change the game has had since I started playing. Um, That's everyone's I'm consensus sure. right now. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, the problem with games like this, until you add more and more complexity and more and more heroes, is that it's too easy to figure out what's good. It's too fast. People crack the game too quickly, and then you need to patch. So this way, you keep it way more fresh. It's kind of like um. In a way, it's a little bit like playing random draft in Dota. Like, to an extent, that might be where they got the inspiration from. That, well, if you take out part of the pool, it's way harder for people to pick the same meta heroes every game because mm. they're not there. Um, right. And random draft has been celebrated as a great Dota mode for a very long time uh, because the games get that very interesting variety. So they might have looked to that for inspiration. And it's, it's really good. I think it's an excellent thing. Uh, I'm not sure what the next thing you're going to talk about is, but I will mention one thing that you didn't mention. Maybe this is the one you want, mm-hmm. uh, which is duos. I yeah, don't know if that's what talk. you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, basically let me just, they will... Sorry. Well, first, because I don't want to end with... We'll end with duos. They're coming out with two modes, okay. one of which is duos, which we'll talk about. <clears throat> the other one is freestyle, which for me is really great uh, because it's, it's sandbox, basically like... Right? It's a sandbox mode, so you can actually test stuff out. Because there's so many mechanics that you actually don't understand. Like, there's very common sense things that you would think people would know that are just not the case at all. So, for example, Techie's Mine is a very common one. It's magical in Dota. Guess what? It's physical in Underlords. So, synergizing that with, like, Heartless is really important. Just things like random stuff like that is just being able to understand this is super helpful. And then go ahead with duos. Yeah, so what they added now is that you can play with a friend, which I think is a really big step to making this game a lot more appealing for people to play because 
instead of just being in the same game and playing your own individual board, now it has a multiplayer component where you play flat out play together. You share the board, you both have units, and you're playing against other teams of two. Um, I think these two changes are the two biggest ones. For me, freestyle, yeah, it's cool, and it can be helpful with being educational and whatnot. But for most players, it's about having fun, right? And just playing with people. Mm-hmm. And having variety in the game keeps it more fun, and playing with friends makes it more fun for a lot of people. So uh, I think this duo thing is super good, and I wonder if it's a test board for Valve here to see how it goes in a multiplayer setting, and then they might even upscale it later to more than duos. Right. Maybe you could play almost armies against each other, and you get 5v5v5v5. <laughs> like the, the game itself, there's no real limitation if you make the board bigger. You could easily just upscale the game. If you imagine you take the game as it is right now, you just make the board five times as big with five times the players. Oh. I don't think it breaks the game or makes it unplayable. Well, um, I, I don't disagree. I know? think you're maybe misunderstanding how duos will work. Everyone gets a separate board, I'm fairly sure. Uh, so my understanding is that each player has their own individual board, you can share heroes with each other. You share gold. Um, and you can, oh, but like, swap you don't heroes. share the board. And you share HP, right? So you're each battling your own thing. So you have to make sure both lineups are actually valid. But you share the same HP. So if some guy's getting wrecked on your team, you're going to get wrecked as a result because you're taking that damage oh. as well. So you thought it was okay. literally the same board, right? Yeah, okay. That has me slightly less excited. It's still good, but I honestly think they should try to make a double board. I think that would be... I never thought about that. It's Yeah, that, that could definitely... I mean, maybe that's the next progression um, past this. But... Yeah, per- perhaps that's... Yeah, this might be a stepping stone to that because that, that's how I thought. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's kind of like, you know, when you played, say, tower defense together as two people and you built your towers together and then you were like, okay, how do we make synergy? How do we make our units work well together? And you make like a strategy... Because now you, the way it sounds is you're still fending for yourself, but you're as a team. So you're mainly mm-hmm. looking after that each player has their own strategy that has synergy with itself rather than right. you're... Yeah, okay. Sorry, I think um, I said share gold. It's just share HP, but you can send heroes and gold between each other, which is pretty Send. Cool. So you can just send them over to another person. You can just give them a unit yeah. and get one back. So essentially okay. what you're trying I mean, to do is you're both trying to build comps that don't clash with each other. You don't want typically right. obviously you don't want to share the same units at all. So if you find one of their units, you have to keep in mind what they're getting so you can swap them and if somebody's getting more okay. gold, they can, you know. It's it's an yeah, interesting if can, concept. If you can and, send units, it helps a bit too, right? That's it's like pseudo being on the same board now, because now you can again right. you assist each other on a level. Okay. I uh, think I mean I guess, I guess we wait to see the implementation. But. Yeah, that it's tough to predict since they haven't given us too much information. But the duo sounds really cool to me because the game in general just feels very solo, uh, which yeah. makes me kind of sad. Like, think of it when the game first came out; it was exactly like Auto Chess. Every single board was its own entity, and the, even the yeah. battles against ghosts—that was so uninteresting, right? They fixed that mm-hmm. portion, so each battle actually matters now. This makes it more interesting. But playing with friends has never been fun. Like, I play with my friends all the time, and it—it's like they're not even in the game. It matters. It does not matter at all uh, that they're in the game. It right. adds nothing. In fact, it might even be a hindrance. But this, in theory, fixes that if it's successful, and I'm really excited. The thing I should mention before we move on is these they're going to have a few more days of preview, so there's going to be some new information, I believe, released. I hope. Right. I think the things we predicted are the Underlords themselves have not been announced. Uh, I'm really hoping for a brand new UI that takes advantage of all of this, because imagine if you're a newer player coming in and the heroes change every single day. There needs to be some information 
that makes it obvious because that could kind of complicate things for some people. Oh boy, is it happening again? Another Valve game with a tutorial? With a <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Wait, they have a tutorial technically, right? I believe, or do they the, take that out? Underlords does have a tutorial, but there is a lot of stuff it doesn't teach you, as far as I yeah, can remember. At least that's it's true. pretty, it's surface level, and that's okay. Like it, it doesn't. I think something that people underestimate, and also when they talk about Dota tutorials, is that tutorials shouldn't cover everything and try to teach people all the aspects of the game before they really start playing it, because then it becomes like going to class, like. It's supposed to quickly tell you, this is how you play. Now go out on your adventure and learn stuff yourself. The problem is, if you go in without anything in Dota, you don't even understand the world. Like, I will it's disagree. Like, it's like you, hmm? I will kind of disagree with what you're saying. I think if you make it interesting, you can make it more in-depth. Like, sure, if you're talking you, about you just can't purely, cover everything like, in Dota. literally, like, if you have a guy teaching you how to play, like giving you just set information, of course, that's going to be boring if that's for the whole tutorial. But I feel like there's other ways to learn, right? Of course. I'm, I'm not saying you can't cover some technical stuff, but imagine trying to make people play through a tutorial that teaches them everything in Dota before they get to play a normal game. Like, there is so much. There's so much stuff, and there's so much that you don't understand to begin with anyway. You will try it, and you'll be like, okay. And then when you get in a game, you've forgotten half of it because Dota has yeah hundreds of hours of stuff that you learn over time, and that's fine. It's like, I could give you a great parallel here. Let's say you're learning to play an instrument, right? And the way that most of the time you learn to play an instrument is that you start with some simple notes, you start playing those, then you play a little easy song. If it, if you took the Dota analogy to that, is that you sit down with an instrument and now you need to learn to play every single note first. And you need to learn to play the different octaves and whatnot. And then you get to start playing songs. And people would just be like, oh, can I just play a song? You know, because that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think for Underlords, what you do for a tutorial system is that you introduce how the economy works, how you buy units, how you place them, and how alliances work, and that's it. Then you don't go very much in-depth with, this unit has this damage type, or this is the exact health of this unit, or armor works like this or whatever. That can come with time. You just need to explain the ground rules so that people can enjoy playing it. And that's one of the problems with the tutorial on Underlords. Actually, I think it was a TI... I was sitting down with Red Eye, and Red Eye was like, I love this game. It's super fun. And he asked if I could give him some feedback on his place because he was very new. I was like, you're spending your gold all the time. He genuinely didn't know the interest system because the tutorial didn't tell you. Yeah. That's a mistake. Like That's a core aspect of the game is using bank. Uh, you need to teach that to players. What you don't need to teach them is that techie's mind is physical. Like, yeah, <laughs> at a very high level. Well, it that, can decide that a information just need, players, that needs like, to be available on tooltips is what that, for that example. Yeah, it can but be I available, but you don't need yeah. to know it right away, right? So yeah. striking that balance can be very hard. The community is making it sound so easy. They're like, just use Purge's guide, you know, for, for Dota. And it's like, that's a really in-depth guide. How many people are going to sit down and go over 20 hours of theory before they play a game, right? Right. Like, I'm exaggerating here a bit for the sake of the argument, but you get what I mean. Uh, you you try to catch people's attention and make them have fun with it, and then they need to go explore. Mm. Um, and that's what Dota has not done particularly well lately, because it doesn't really teach you much. It doesn't teach you the rules so that you can go and explore and feel like you know what you're doing. Uh, so you kind of need people to tell you. I feel like this uh, is yeah. probably... when Whenever they come out with whatever they're working on, going back to Dota, that is... Uh, we will have another conversation about the player experience because I think we could talk about that for an entire episode, honestly. 
Absolutely. I, I have a lot of very strong opinions. I have a lot of ideas as well, but there's no point in talking mm-hmm. about them now. Uh, but That's fair. it's a very interesting topic for the future, for sure. So finishing up with Dota Underlords, I think the patch is probably coming this week, like Thursday or Friday. Could be wrong. Could be early next week, but it sounds like it's relatively soon. So the question for you, yep. Sinner, before we move on, Mm-hmm. Do you think this is enough to save the game? The game is, oh. I mean, I'm not going to pretend. It is struggling big time. I, When I got Lord, I played three more games, got eighth place in all of them, uh, and I have not played since. I have not played in like a month and a half probably, if not I thought not your more. question was, do you want to play duos with me? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to play duos, 100%. Yeah, that could be Because I'm playing the new patch um, when it comes out. It's just, it feels like for me, it... It's partially I grinded so hard I burnt myself out, yeah. Getting to Lord, and then also mm-hmm. it's just, eh. I understand the game now. It there's not a whole lot of new stuff. I know this big patch is coming, so it feels like I, I don't know why I'm I would be playing right now, you know. Right. I, I mean, I think it's kind of natural for this type of game, right? It's in an early stage. There's a limited set of heroes. There's limited set of variety and complexity and stuff that you can enjoy. So at some point, it kind of becomes almost a slot machine. When everybody knows how to play the game, it's about who gets the good roles and how you place the units. And like you said, it really is a grind, right, at some point. So you need to spice things up. You need to make it uh, less figured out, right? That's kind of the key thing that we've talked about a lot with this game is that you go in and feel like you can learn something. And I think that's the problem that you probably had toward the end was that 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 part of the experience wasn't really there anymore. You weren't learning. You were just reiterating stuff over and over again that you had done before and you didn't yeah. feel that satisfaction from ah, i figured something out or this was a great idea i had and therefore i won it was just see that's doing the, this every game hours I don't on mean end to, until i, I want to extend this conversation further but that it's actually a really good point you're bringing up because i there was a certain point where i was actually enjoying the grind because i was trying new things i was trying to adapt on the fly and then i realized mm-hmm. after i started getting frustrated and losing i just need to pick three strats and do them that's literally how I got lore. I picked the same three strats. Whoever is going for less of them, I will pick that strat and I will 100% like yeah. tunnel vision in on that instead of actually adapting, which was very enjoyable for me early on. So that's a really, right. really good analogy. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's what you alleviate by making way more complexity with way more units so you have more options, uh, way more play styles, and the duo system, which I think will spice things up a lot because now you're, you know... There's a lot more strategic depth when you can swap units with somebody and you can cross your strategies around and stuff like mm. that. So that's really cool. I was hoping it was still on the same board. I think that would be a blast, honestly. That, and and having like bigger scale battles would be super fun. But Yeah. I think I'm hoping we'll that see. this saves it because Valve needs a win <laughs> real bad. Yeah. And I think they need to be rewarded for the way that they're handling this game. Because they're being super communicative. Never have I ever seen Valve done, do this before. Artifact was that like that to a degree, but then obviously the game just died on release, essentially. So mm-hmm. they need a win badly. Uh, yeah. And all and these things they, that they're adding sound really, really good. So I'm going to be interested again. And on top of that, they might need a win a bit more because of our next bullet <sighs> point. That all right, so this bullet about, point cause... is literally a page long, but it probably yeah. won't. Oh, man, I am... I don't know why I'm just so excited to talk about this because it's so fascinating to me. So we talked about last week, Cinder. Do you remember? I said yeah. the greatest marketing ploy of all time in esports was the black hole from League of Legends. Right. 
Oh, you mean uh, Fortnite? Fortnite, right? Oh, sorry for Fortnite. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Fortnite black hole. It greatest was such marketing a great, <laughs> great marketing tool that you forgot what game it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason I forgot because Fantastic. the day late, a day later after this occurred, League uh, Riot announced a bunch of shit which we're gonna go through. And holy fucking shit, Cinderin, I can't wait to hear your reaction. I have mm. never been a Riot fan. I've been an anti fan of anything, but this is the biggest craziest announcement i have ever seen in gaming so let's go through line by line so number one uh well they announced seven games and one series so we can talk about the ones that aren't super exciting first so we have mobile tft coming in 2020 we have mobile right. league of legends which is also on consoles coming in 2020 which is going to be called and league that of legends. Is... yes yeah, they call it League of Legends Wild Rift. And what should be clarified here, because we talked about this with the potential for Dota to go mobile. We talked about that in the previous yes. episode. Could that make sense? It is not the same game. Right. Um, it is a mobile-friendly version that has different game duration, different controls probably, and therefore some of the stuff that you have on your regular League will not be part of the game. And I think that's what you do. I don't think you try to port these games to mobile, because I don't think they will work. Like, it's, it's too hard to play. So yeah. Dumb it down for when you can only play with the limited control that you have on a mobile device and limited graphics, then you got to adapt to that. So, so I think that's a yeah, good call. They're supposed to be 15 to 20 minutes. Cosme I just wrote this down because I found it interesting. Cosmetics do not carry over. I'm like, why the fuck right. not? That's so weird. That's such a riot thing to add in. But anyway. Uh, okay, now we can talk about the new project. So League of Legends is making, or they're having a League of Legends fighting game, which is codenamed Project L. The team is going dark right now, so don't expect anything soon. That's crazy. Next, we have an FPS game called Code or Codename Project A, which is not set in the League of Legends universe, which I found very interesting. It's a new setting based on a near future Earth. Also, don't expect anything soon. They did show very short gameplay of this. I mm -hmm. think it's supposed to be a cross between Counter-Strike and Overwatch. Personally, it did, I mean, this is super early on, so we can never, you know, make true assessments on this. It did not look like something I would want to play personally. Uh, right. Did you have any thoughts on the fighting game and the FPS game so far? Uh, I don't think I saw content from either um, okay. of any kind, but I would say, like, likely if Riot makes a shooter that is supposed to be, even if it's not the League of Legends universe, they're probably still going to be inspired by... <clears throat> the kind of art style and the people that they're appealing to. So don't expect Counter-Strike. Expect something more in a more fantasy setting, I think is fair more to say. More Overwatch. It looked more uh, Overwatchy to me. Yeah. Probably I think what they meant was it's probably going to be a lot like Overwatch but with more mechanics from Counter-Strike cuz I think they were really yeah. adamant on the fact that uh it'll be a I forget what they were calling it, like the aiming system or the mouse movement. Something was very FPS-y. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Escaping my mind right now. But uh Right. So they will also be releasing uh, in early 2020, I believe, an eSports manager, which is a management simulator. So you can build rosters, contracts, salaries. I believe it's just for the League of Legends Pro League or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, right. They have actual pro player models in the game. <laughs> um, and mm. revenue from this will be shared with the featured pro teams to help encourage growth. Do you think something like that could work for... Can you imagine an eternal envy pouring a monster can on somebody's head in a game? <laughs> you get like free uh, uh, 
free PR points for that or something in your management. I've never, so. I've never got into manager games. If I can be honest, I've seen me people too. play them. I know what they're about. It's just, it's not really for me. I don't find it that enjoyable. Maybe if I really tried it, I could totally get into it. But uh, right. I've just never felt the desire to even get started. Um, so yeah, I think out of the titles that we've talked about so far, this is the one I expect to be clearly the smallest, just because I think it's this- very niche, right? Yeah, the fraction of people that enjoy games like this, it might be bigger than I think, because I know like these uh, football manager games or something have been relatively big, but that's also football, and now it's within esports. So now it's people that are into esports, and then among those people who also want to play management, mm-hmm. um, I think it's way way smaller than a game like Football Simulator. I'm ready to be surprised, but I, out of all the seven games, I think this might be the smallest one. Um, no, for sure. I th- it's not but, meant to be a, a big cool game, idea, right? So, yeah. By the way, people it, are trolling me about this. Work. I got to go on a small rant here. Uh, I looked up. I looked this up after people made fun of the way I said niche, niche, and niche. <laughs> if you look it up in the goddamn dictionary, American dictionary, it is actually pronounced niche. Okay. Sick and tired of this shit. By the way, did you know this? Uh, real quick, Cinderin. I did not uh-huh. know this. Aluminum. So you know how Europeans, or I guess British people. They say uh-huh. aluminium and we say aluminium, aluminium. right? Yeah. yeah. So I so this whole time, apparently, the American dictionary, it's actually aluminum, which is how we see it. And then in the UK dictionary, there actually is an I, an extra I for aluminium. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole time, and it's still probably going on, you like British people think that we're fucking up the word. Because they assume we have the I in it. Because OD we was talking about this at the last event. He assumes we have the I in it. And us Americans, we assume that you guys are just making up this random fucking I. Apparently, it's just different in both dictionaries. So. Okay. So the thing that pretty much the entire world can agree is to laugh at Americans because every other <laughs> country spells it with the I. That's fine. I don't care. So, as long as it's in the dictionary, I, I feel safe I saying. don't know any other language that does not have the I in aluminum. <laughs> Well, um, apparently the story is the guy know. who invent or not invented the guy who discovered aluminum, he named it aluminum, and then a couple years later he changed it to add the I to fit in with the rest of the elements. So we're just working on really old information. We're just really stubborn at changing our yeah. pronunciation. It's a niche word. Thank you, Chad. Yes, that's very yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry for that mini rant again. Let's continue. Very Sandra, good. Where were we? Yeah. Uh, Project Esports. F. Yeah, Project F is the possible action rpg coming at some point uh the quote is pro it's a project that explores the possibilities of traversing the world of runeterra with your friends we should clarify what runeterra is then i guess runeterra is a card game that we will talk about more in depth because i actually played quite a bit of it um right okay that is the almost the last game or sorry that is the seventh game technically that was announced and then the Last thing, it's a project, it's an animated TV series called Arcane, based on the League of Legends universe. So let me ask you this before we get in any deeper. Again, I'm just going to say, I mean, this should be really obvious for people that have followed me at all. I have not been a fan of Riot in the past. I think the way that they do business has appalled me in the past. Not, Not even just talking about the monetization model, which I've never agreed with. I feel like it's kind of a... It's it's genius, technically speaking, because I feel like you're having a bunch of people invest in a game and they feel like they're, they don't want to move from that game because they've spent money on it, right? It's actually genius. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it as a consumer. 
And that's not right. to mention, you know, all the stuff that's gone on in their offices about sexual harassment and all that stuff. We don't need to talk about that. I've not been a fan of Riot. This mm-hmm. was an amazing announcement. I'm probably not going to play a lot of these games, but this is really good for esports. This is really good for gaming. This was mind-blowing. Seven games and one animated series. That is, I feel like that is not going to be beat anytime soon. Yeah, and I think, think? Um, I think what's happening right now is that competitors in the market see, um, they basically spot weakness, right? That's what they do. They look at this situation... Blizzard is at an all-time low because of all sorts of, you know, bad PR or whatnot. <laughs> Valve have just had a game completely crash and burn. Mm. So now they're like, okay, these names are, they have shown weakness. And now we can pounce on that and try to win over consumers and take up a bigger slice of the pie, basically. Um, so clearly Riot and Epic are trying to just get a bigger market share. That's really what it is. Um, and... I think this is a bold choice, honestly. Uh, I can see where you're coming from. Like, if you're if you're in this position and you know there's these juggernauts that you're competing against, you feel like we need to do something big to get our to get people's attention. Like, if Riot announced one really cool new game, it would be like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, but then there's still, you know, all the other Blizzard titles, all the other Steam games and whatnot that you're mm-hmm. competing against. But when you make like a big <clears throat> splash like this, it gets a lot of attention and people have you on their minds when they choose the next game to play. They're like, oh, yeah, Riot made these like seven games. I should check out one of them. One of them is probably for me. So from a PR standpoint, super cool. From a development standpoint, very risky because now you fu- fucking need to deliver seven titles. <laughs> right. And... I think it's well, very ambitious because there's a good chance that one or two, three, maybe even four of these games don't live up to the hype. Like you're putting a lot of pressure on your developers right now to to make stuff. Well, it's got to be super stressful. Okay, here's the question. Well, first of all, Riot has over 5,000 employees, right? That's a lot. Valve, I'm pretty, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's like two, 300. It's minuscule in comparison. Mm. Riot yeah. has only had one game for how long now? Until TFT recently came out. Right. So they've the, a lot of these have been in development for a very long time, obviously. I, I'm shocked that they kept it secret for so long. Now, the question yeah. is, how many of these need to be successes for this to be successful? I don't know how else to say that. Mm. I feel like it's only a couple, honestly. Yeah, I don't think they all need to be good. Uh, but obviously, it's a huge letdown if you announce this big package and most of the games are just okay, you know? Like that's mm. not what people are hoping for because League of Legends is a huge name, so now expectations are big. And if you wanted to play it safer, you could have announced one game at a time or maybe two at a time and then been like, this is when these games come out. And then you could, you know, combine with, let's say, something like E3 or whatever. Um, and then at the time, uh, announce, a, yeah, you know, two games a year or whatever. Um, but like I said, I really think they feel pressure to make this big statement right now because Blizzard and Valve have made mistakes. Riot, or sorry, Epic has now made this really cool announcement for Fortnite 2 so you know these these companies are just they're just at it and in the end the big winner of this should be the consumer hopefully uh, that we get more competition we get better games uh, we get and I think what a lot of people secretly from this are hoping is that Valve will feel pressured or very motivated to make a new title that kicks ass we'll we'll get to that in a moment right Okay. So can, let's just discuss Legends of Runeterra. Did you play it at all, by the way? Did you get in? No, I didn't. 
So the way it worked, I didn't um, try either. they announced this all these games, and then they suddenly said, hey, one of them is actually available to play now, which is Legends of Runeterra. You have to sign up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was stubborn for the first two days. I did not even try to sign up. I felt like I was betraying <laughs> every <laughs> fiber of my being. But I'm like, you know what? Who gives a shit? I'll just play it. So I signed up, and I got it within like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And not going to lie, it's pretty good game. So... It was out for four or five days, I think. Um, yeah. And now it's gone for a month. I have to say, I'll just give you the pros and cons. So okay. ridiculously polished for a game that I've never even knew existed. Uh, has amazing visual, amazing visual effects. Easy to understand, I feel like. Newbie friendly for the most part. Uh, really good achievement system. Holy shit. The way they did that is really fucking good. They had like kind of like a battle pass type thing uh, for the prologue, if you will, that you have to get all these chests and you unlock all the cards. Mm-hmm. And then once you unlock them, I guess the game, it's not like cut by colors, it's by regions. So you get an, a battle pass per region that you have to select which one you want active and you just do that one. Uh, right. I thought it was very nice. Um, and of course, it's free to play. Uh, in League's own way. I think it's as free to play as probably Hearthstone. Probably a similar, I would say a similar monetization model. So the cons that I found were, I thought the heroes, I once I started to learn them, it felt less like this, but they were still a little bit underwhelming for me. Coming from Artifact, at least, like a lot of the heroes are just super powerful. They're just these big beefcakes that are kind of a big deal. And some of them are. So, so is the game system similar to that where you have heroes and then you have units? Or yes, but they're the units are played like uh, or the heroes are played like units. So it's not like artifact where they just spawn. Okay, so is it a bit like magic where yes. you have like these? Okay, yeah. Gotcha. I I haven't I personally haven't played magic, but I've seen a little bit of it played online and it. It looks more similar to Magic than anything else for me. Got some. Okay. I mean, it has a lot of similarities to Artifact and Hearthstone as well. Uh, I personally don't. I know every pro will disagree with me because this reception has been like pristine. The offense defense system it takes some getting used to. I'm personally not a huge fan of it, but I know that most card games are like that. So it's just I'm just right. not a huge card game player, right? Mm-hmm. And then since it was in beta, you couldn't play with friends. But I'm sure that will change. That's the last con I have. Overall, I was. Pretty freaking impressed. I'm not interested in the lore at all when it comes to League of Legends, but mm-hmm. uh, I had fun playing. I will admit to this. Uh, I saw impressed. one clip. I saw one clip from this game, and the little bit that I could infer from that was that the combat system has you place units, and then they can block, yeah. um, which is very similar to in Magic, from what I mm-hmm. could tell. And yep. then you would have like power cards that you could play that had effects. And the card that I saw played was called, I think it was called Deny, which I found hilarious because it was a league game. Um, <laughs> and it prevented you from blocking basically with that unit. And then they just bypassed and hit the the main defense, whatever it is you're trying yeah. to destroy with your enemy. Uh, so he, he got denied basically in that clip and lost. Um, and that reminded me a lot of magic, uh, the little bit of magic that I've played. So the, the stuff I saw from that game felt like it took stuff from Hearthstone and it took stuff from Magic and it took like good bits and pieces and put together with nice graphics. The initiative system is similar to Artifact, kind of. Okay. Um, So they took it from all three. Yeah, I I couldn't see that in that clip. Um, Do do the players take turns or is there interaction in turns? You know what I mean? It's So it's it's a back and forth 
for the most part, right. which is similar That's... to Artifact, but the offense-defense is more magic. So like, I guess okay. the best way to put it is, let's say you start the game, you start on offense, the other guy's defense, and then there's like mm-hmm. little mini turns, I guess. that There's like a fast period where you have fast cards that can just be played right away, or burst, I think it's called as well. Then you have sounds very magic like the attack system, like when the creeps actually attack. Then you have slow spells after. So there's different segments of your turn. So it it does take a lot of these games and melds them. And I thought it was quite good. I hate to say it, but yeah. Anywho, it's a lot of people that played Artifact, like pro players, were like, "I this is what Artifact should have been like." Like, fuck, dude, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fuck. Uh, So this is really early on, Cinderin. I know. I understand that. Which game do you think will be successful? Which games? Okay. Um, so I think the way to th- the way I want to think about this is, you know, they're getting into a lot of genres that they've never done before. So which ones are most impenetrable, I guess, is the way right. to look at this for me. I think their fighting game is likely to not do too hot. Not because they the characters don't fit for a fighting game or whatever, but I just think the fighting game community is really tight and has a lot of games already that are really good for what that genre is. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for League of Legends to reinvent that genre or come up with something that is just mind-blowing so that people that are playing uh, Smash or whatever will want to suddenly play uh, this instead or a street fighter you know all of these games communities that have a long history that one i think will be hard so i don't mm-hmm. think the fighting game is going to hit too hard but it'll be okay um i think the fps is likely to do a bit better because i think there's more overlap between people <clears throat> again this is all on pc right that's also the thing like people who play league also play shooters on pc so there's a little more console overlap if you will between this fighting game community is largely on console still um so i think the fps game could do pretty well the esports manager game i don't know what's our expectation like what is doing well for this game well because it will not have the numbers well based of the on other expectation games. right um like what are you expecting and will it succeed at you know i because i for the um, esports manager like we said it's very niche i think it's going to be successful yeah. it's not like it's going to be a huge game but i think it's still going to be looked at as a success it's probably going to be fine for <sighs> the demographic that they're looking for yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be okay. I, and again, I don't think it's going to be the biggest. Uh, there's going to be like a hardcore fan base that's super much into the pro scene of League and they're going to love it. And then the casual fan that likes watching will be like, yeah. it's fun, but you know. So I don't think it's going to start winning over someone like me, right? I don't think this is a game I would oh. even open. I just don't see the appeal. Um, but and what if they uh, but included that, but Dota the, in part of that? <laughs> but that's the comparison we have to think about, right? If we think of ourselves and we're like, we will not open this game, I might open the other games, right? Mm. I might want to check out the fighting game at least, like see, is it fun, you know? Or is the FPS game any good? Like those are games I would maybe install and give a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Project F, an action RPG that is based on a card game that is League. Um... Questionable. I think Depends this is on how Diablo one does, that, right? <laughs> this is the one that needs the most development, I think, honestly. I think this takes a lot of effort. The thing about a game like Legends of Rune Terror is that in terms of how many assets you need to make and how big the world is, it's a lot smaller of a project actually to make than a full on RPG. Mm. Um so 
again, how much effort are they funneling into this? How many people do they put on the project? There's a lot of programming to a lot of artwork. Um, I love RPGs, so if this is good, I will play this game. Um, that's the one game out of this whole list that I will be pretty much sure to play if it turns out to be good. Um, but is it likely to succeed? I think your your point is pretty good, right? What happens with Diablo? Because, <laughs> you know, uh, you're still competing within the genre. So far, least likely to be great is the manager game. Most likely to be great for me is probably the FPS game so far out of the four. Uh, the TV series, don't know. Uh, their animations that they've made for worlds and stuff have been pretty good. So I think their team is skilled. Um, I think it's a cool and I think, transition though, right? Like imagine yeah. Dota doing... Like think of it this way. Even if it's not a huge success, you're putting the League of Legends lore out there into the general public. Yeah. That generates interest in your games just as a result of just... Absolutely. Like imagine, <clears throat> imagine if... Oh, we'll get into this. Sorry. Go. So I, I think something that should be mentioned about this, if it, if it is an animated TV series, uh, League of Legends animations have been celebrated very much. Like their hero release videos that they make, the music video that they had with the K-pop band. Um, this has gone viral and been really big and super good marketing for the game. So they've probably sat down and been like, man, every time we make video, people fucking watch. <laughs> so maybe we should make a lot of video. And I think there's a really good overlap as well between um, the player base of this game and the genre, right? Um, there are tons of people that play this game that are into Japanese culture or anime in general. Um, so I think there's just a very natural overlap where you can expect this to be successful. If they can keep up the quality that they have in their videos and have good story writing for this, this will be a success. I will almost 100% guarantee it. Because mm-hmm. uh, their artwork team or their animation team is really good. Um, so yeah, I think... And there's a huge base for this. And this, in my opinion, in many ways, transcends all the other things we talked about because the market for this is way bigger because you don't need to be into any of these genre of games. There's just... This kind of eclipses all of it because this is about watching a show, which kind of everybody does. Not everybody plays a manager game or everybody plays a shooter, but everybody watches some sort of TV show, right? So if you're mm-hmm. into animated anything, if this is well made, it could be for you. So I think it has a really good chance. Um, mobile TFT. Uh, uh, I think it'll do way less good than Mobile League. Uh I'll say that. I think yeah. League just is strong as a brand, and if they do it well on mobile... Once Underlords destroys TFT, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't I don't expect mobile TFT to be that hot, but I think mobile League will be hot um, mm. if they do it well. You're obviously up against, you know, people have played this game for a decade now, almost, and you need your implementation to be really good, but... I'm I'm pretty confident that with all the experience they have with this one game that they have made for many, many years, that they will make a good port. Especially because in my mind, mobile gaming is largely more casual than console or PC gaming. Um, the type of players you have, the way you play it, it's like, I'm on the bus, I just want to play a game for 15 minutes. You know, you chill with that. And then you go and do whatever you were going to do. So you're not as much as a mindset of this needs to be a really competitive game. And if that's what they're aiming for, I think League of Legends is a very good casual game as well. The original League, uh, like I said, I've said before, I played League a lot back in the days. Many years ago, I played it a lot, and it was a great casual game. It was not a very good competitive game. 
Um, but the mobile aspect is very casual, so I think Riot does a very good job at that, and therefore I see this game being really good for for what it is going to be. Um, Legends of Rune Terra, honestly, super hard for me to call because you said it sounds great and you played it, and it it's great. It's just the market for this is very. I have a hard time really gauging this because Magic the Gathering is taking off. Hearthstone is still doing strong, even though people said it would stop being popular. So you definitely have some strong games to compete with here, right? In those two. Keep um, in mind that a lot of pretty much across the board, all pro players, personalities, people love this game. They think it's yeah the next thing. That's what they're saying right now. Yeah, that's that. I, it's it's very strong then, like. So I I will agree with pretty much everything. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. Runeterra will definitely do well, the card game. Uh, okay. And then the one I want to briefly talk about is the FPS game, since we haven't really seen anything. I think a lot of mm-hmm. it depends on Overwatch, because I think that's the segment that if you're Riot, you should be trying to target yourself towards and not Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike is just its thing. Nothing's ever going to beat Counter-Strike for what it is. Competitive, hardcore. Obviously, there's some casual aspects to it. Uh, the one thing Counter-Strike can't do that well is transition to TV. I know they do have stuff on TV, but especially in American mm-hmm. culture, the whole gun thing is not popular right now for sponsors. How ironic. Yeah, and it is ironic. And then Overwatch, <laughs> in the meantime, it's, it is on TV as well, but it's so difficult to understand what's going on. It's just a messy game. The game's fucking oh, garbage. Dude. We've talked about this before. So Whenever if, I spectate that game... I feel <laughs> like horrible. I'm in a war zone. It's so it's like, bad. It's as confusing. I, I don't know. So I think if, out of if every game take... I've watched, every game I've watched that has the worst spectating ever for intuition. Yes. I actually think for somebody that has no clue what's going on, it's easier to watch Dota. And that says a lot because it's fucking hard wow. to watch Dota if you haven't wow. played it before. That is just, saying something. Because, I mean, the concept of it being five on five or whatever and people dying and stuff, maybe that's fine, easy to gauge. But you have no clue what's happening in these mm-hmm. fights. Like, the camera angles, the very rapid movement, at least something that Dota has going for is that you have a, a relatively easy to watch shot. Like maybe you don't understand what's happening, but you can at least follow it. But mm. when these camera shots are jumping all over the place in Overwatch, I just get lost. And I'm not stupid at games, right? Like I can, I think the problem, I can generally understand games pretty easily. It's just, it's... Oof. So the problem, imagine if Counter-Strike was death like let's say counter-strike was just transitioned to overwatch's modes it would be hard to mm-hmm. watch as well not as hard to watch yes. because the effects are just all over the fucking place with overwatch but the mode itself you just tr- you just keep flowing in it's just army after army so it has to be round based to be watchable in my opinion so if they take this fps game they apply a lot of the concepts from overwatch and counter-strike to make it so yes you can get the casual crowd and also it is spectator friendly and of course, mm-hmm. sponsors will be happy to sponsor because it's, you know, it's not, it's going to be like a cartoony looking shooter. So it's not as big of a problem right. as these Counter Strike, which is real life. This will be a huge fucking success. That's like a, an amazing took, um, market to get into. What if we took Counter Strike and just modded it to be water guns? Would that pass on American TV? Yes, that would be. That's and a then great instead idea. of planting, instead of planting the bomb, they plant the present. And if you don't well, get it in time, it <laughs> you lose. Santa's here. Hey. <laughs> Everybody I, get your presents. I think uh, that's going to be kind of looked at as maybe like a pedophile with that voice. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I think you could just make it paintballs, right? Make it that, uh, what's that Switch True. game? 
that paintball game, that horrible, horrible game, uh, whatever uh, it's called. Just make that for a Counter-Strike. That sounds, that sounds really cool. Yeah, Splatoon. Thank you. Okay, so let's move on a bit as we still have a few more topics to discuss. I want to read a tweet from Disguised Toast. Right. Keep Do in you mind, preface who this guy is? Disguised Toast is an old Hearthstone content creator. Um, I actually don't remember exactly how he got famous. It was He did content like behind a mask for a long time, and he was pretty popular. Then he finally like won a tournament, I believe, and then on camera he finally took off his his mask, and he just like apparently blew up. So he was big in Hearthstone, but he has now basically quit and become a variety streamer, and he is like ginormous. He's huge. So this is his tweet. Mm-hmm. Better MOBA, better auto battler, better card game. Riot, you can't keep doing Valve like that. <laughs> so before we dissect this a bit, right. Disguise Toast does have the, uh, he tends to, what's the right way to put this? He likes to troll people. Doesn't mean he doesn't right. believe these things, but he likes to ruffle feathers. This is a very common mm-hmm. thing. What do you think right. about these comments? <laughs> okay, so I haven't played the Auto Battler. Uh, I haven't played TFT, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. From looking at that and looking at the... Um, Underlords, I don't think I would find Riot's one better. Mm. Better MOBA. I mean, first of all, our game isn't a MOBA. Uh, that's something Riot has coined and somehow has infected us, but it's not a MOBA. That's beside the point. League Action is not RTS. better than Dota. The, the, whatever you want to call it, but it's not a MOBA. Um, <laughs> technically. But let's just call it MOBA because everybody does. Like, who actually cares? League is not better than Dota. Um if I should choose one thing that League does better than Dota, it's that it's easier to get into, but the game is not better. Um, mm-hmm. The Auto Battler, question mark, the card game, no idea because I haven't played it, but based on what you are saying and what people are responding, that sounds like very plausible that that game is better. For now, um, Artifacts Return will destroy now. everybody! <laughs> but I think the final line is honestly the most interesting one about this because like you said he's just ruffling some feathers and whatnot riot you can't keep doing valve like that but the question that this leaves asking on a lot of people's minds probably is epic and riot are announcing all these cool things and making all these cool games valve what are you gonna make right and where are you gonna pick your battles are you gonna try to beat them at their game or are you gonna make your own game that has nothing to do with any of the things these guys are releasing and I kind of have this somewhat answer to this question, but I just think Valve are ahead of their time. And the question is what they want to do now because they have sunk tens of thousands of hours into VR. These other studios, they don't hold a candle to Valve on this, like not even close. There's nothing that they can do in terms of VR like Valve can. Um, but Is that a wise choice though? <laughs> but VR isn't in yet. So yeah. what I think is Valve is kind of playing the long haul here again, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh where when, when VR gets big, Valve will be a super strong competitor in that market because they are so good at it and they've put so much research and time and effort into it. And they've made their own system already that these guys don't have. Uh, but right. similar to other technology, like let's say flat screen TVs, where you have the first functioning flat screen TVs that are fine and good in the 80s, they don't become common household owned until 2000s, right? Um, so Valve definitely are set but what are you going to do until VR picks up and until people can afford it and until people like it and it becomes a normal thing um, that's the question like I don't know what they're, what they're up well, to the I, reason... think, I feel like you can't just sit by passively here and not announce a game 
at all. So that's the, the thing. Next, like, so the reason I was so excited to talk about this is, well, I, w- I do want to finish with these toast comments before we get into this. But the reason I was so excited is because I feel exactly that, that yes, Riot just came out with all this, all these crazy announcements. And maybe I will mm-hmm. play a couple of those games or try them out. But for the most part, I'm not interested. It's just the idea that right. it's good for gaming because of the competitive nature these companies have to compete. You're not just going to let Riot just literally take a dump on your face and enjoy it. Unless you're into that kind of thing. Unless you're Blizzard, where you can't <laughs> swim out of this, this cesspool that is your office. Okay, you're done. Blizzard's fucking done. Company's dead. All right? This is the official announcement. I'm sorry to let you know, Blizzard, but you have gone past your prime. You guys just suck ass now. Anyway. Did you know what Blizzard should do? <laughs> They should release a game where, as protagonist, you're playing as a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Blizzy. I a think shit that's RPG. <laughs> there it is. Diablo 4. Yeah, the MOBA. Or the, <laughs> the mobile version. Okay, so I want to finish with Toast Comments because uh, his, he says that the MOBAs, he says that League is better, TFT is better, and Runeterra is better. Runeterra, right. or here's the thing. What is considered better? More popular? Mm-hmm. Does that make it better? Because if that is the case then he is correct on all three accounts. I personally, right. when I say something's better, it has nothing to do with popularity. Because you could say League of Legends is better than Dota because there's more players playing. But you could also say Candy Crush is the best game ever created because it's the most downloaded. Whatever the fuck mobile game is the most downloaded. That means it's the best game ever. Are you ever. saying it's not no. the best game ever? I am saying that it is not the best game ever. Fruit Ninja is way better. Let's be real. Cinderin. Okay, okay, but let's compare Candy Crush to Bejeweled for a second. I I, I won't lie, I've never played either. Not to How much better you. is Candy Crush than Bejeweled? <laughs> so, uh, is that his criteria? Is that most people's criteria, you think? The more popular the game, the better it is? It's better for the business, right? Like Yes, for business. But if you're saying this game's better than that, is that literally it? Is that what no. most people think? I know Dota players don't think that because, you no. know, I, I we have think this what complex. People think, people think the better game is the one that they enjoy playing more, right? Isn't yes. that... I, I don't know. I I would think that way. Like, I think this game is better than this other game and that's why I'm playing this game. Um, Like, a great, a great example recently, right, that I think Blizzard, for example, is realizing is they released WoW Classic and I think... I don't know, but the amount of support for that game compared to their retail version of the game is there are more people playing retail than classic, but there are so many people playing classic that it's clear that they think it's the better game because if not, why weren't they playing the more popular game? They cost mm-hmm. the same and the other one has way more new development, but people think it's a better game. Um, obviously, that's something that will happen to Riot, right? They're making so many games that they will split their player base to an extent. That's something we didn't mention, but that is going to happen. You mm-hmm. can't release seven titles like this and maintain the same number of players in every game. So some of their league players will switch and play something else. But as long as it's their own title, they don't care, right? Um, of course, it will be mitigated. It's not like they're cannibalizing each other to that degree, that high of a degree, because they are different genres. A lot of people just play one genre. I mean, that's very common, I feel like. Yep, that's very like, common. Especially when sure. you're focusing on one game. But and this is all very interesting concept or very interesting but conversations. I mean, but you know, you know what's a really good analogy to this is like is food, okay? Is how popular food is equivalent to how good it is. No, it is not. McDonald's is not the best food in the world. Okay. <laughs> it's not even close. There is 
infinitely much food that is better than <laughs> McDonald's. Yes. Even though true. it is popular and it makes a lot of profit and it is everywhere. So is League of Legends the McDonald's of gaming? <laughs> uh, Wait, what's Dota then? But, is Dota yeah. filet mignon? Is that your comparison? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you get the idea. Um, no, I mean, obviously we're going to agree a business, on this. From a business you know? standpoint, you of course want your game to be popular. There's no question about it. And I think that's a balance that Valve, for example, are, for example, are struggling to find where they're trying to make the best game. And in their opinion, what makes a good game is complexity and depth and the learning experience and it never getting old. Um, but there's it's like a balance where you also need it to be appealing and able to be something people can get into. Um, mm. And right now, I think Valve perhaps have been maybe pushing a bit too far to the complexity side and a little bit too little to the accessibility side. With Dota, it's pretty clear right now it's very inaccessible. Artifact was honestly, compared to other card games, pretty inaccessible, I would say. It was not that easy to get into compared to Hearthstone, right? For example, or the way it sounds, Legends of Runeterra, you said it was easy to get into. Artifact was a pretty complicated game, even on a basic level. Um, I don't want to get into the Artifact debate again, but mm -hmm. a lot of it was perception, right? But I do Mm -hmm. think that the price tag scared a lot of people away. Just having a $20, like that filters out so much of your audience just right away. Especially when you compare it to other these free-to-plays. I think the biggest mistake of Artifact was the business model. No doubt about it. Because yeah. it, we both thought it was a good game. But again, we need to remember what kind of players we are. We think Dota is a good game. And there are so <laughs> many people that don't get into Dota because it's too complicated. So it's very easy to be biased, right? Because Artifact yeah. is very likely to appeal to Dota players because Dota players love complex stuff and love investing time and getting better but at something Dota players hard. don't like other genre games. <laughs> that's the other <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, so there's another problem there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, yeah. It, they, there were there were a multitude of problems, right? Of course, um, but I think what they're trying to do with Underlords, for example, is making it more accessible. I would say Underlords is a less complex game to get into than Artifact. I think it's easier to understand on a basic level how the game works and what you do. So that's yeah. good. Um, if if Valve wants a bigger market share of people playing their games, I think the main things that they need to do is they need to market them better. Uh, they need to start advertising their games because. Uh, you know, it's well, it's uh, been it's seemingly a policy that Valve hasn't done very much advertising, especially aggressive advertising, like out in the world advertising. They don't really do that. Uh, why do you think League, that is? For example, that it's so. I'm trying to understand from any other perspective, like you know, play the devil's advocate. Like mm-hmm. this used to work back in the day, where you know, I don't know what you want to call this type of advertising, but it's just word of mouth essentially. You come out with a good yeah. game. And it's going to get popular because people are going to like it and they're going to spread the word. The problem is there's a lot of good games now and even some terrible games that are popular because they're so well advertised and the, the marketing behind them is genius. Mm-hmm. So do you think... That did not it, sound it, like you were thinking about any specific title. <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, what, what do you think Valve needs to... like? Do you think it just comes down to just advertising more? Do you think that's something they'll even consider at this point? Because... How many years have they been doing it this way? And let's be real, most of their money comes from Steam. That's nothing's happening there. Mm-hmm. They're they're fine, you know. Do they feel the need to advertise their games? I think everybody extent, wants them to. I think to an extent in the past, Valve's name has been the advertising. It's been Valve is making a game, therefore game is good because they had a couple of massively successful titles in a row. 
So it was almost like a stamp of approval. This is a Valve game, ergo, it is very good and you will love it. But that can very quickly disappear when either you don't release titles with any frequency at all or you have a failure and they've had that. So I think you need to work to rebuild that trust from the community by getting people hyped for your game, like making some very cool advertising, showcasing some cool stuff from the game or making, you know, stunning visuals like... Pretty much every other big video gaming company has amazing visuals out of the big ones, right? Blizzard's videos have been incredible for a decade. Their cinematics are maybe the best ever in gaming, honestly. Blizzard's cinematics have always been incredible. Um, Riot have definitely stepped up on that, especially in the last few years with League. They're making way more content of that type. Every time you hear of a new game, people watch the trailer, right? Like that's they're like, will this game be cool? Oh man, this character looks cool, or this aspect of the game sounds really fun. But for Artifact, for example, we can go back to that. It's it's easy to talk about, right? Because everybody's kind of heard about it by now. Um, the advertisement of the game was relatively minimal, and it was released with bad timing. I think that's also something that a lot of companies struggle with: is when should you let people play your game, and have you tested the <clears throat> economy of it or the systems of it the progression of it uh properly and that based on what you said with legends of rune terror for me that's just pretty much the direct opposite of what artifact did uh legends of rune terror they only released it for a couple of days for people to see but the progression system was totally in place based on what you said great achievement system the battle pass system it was free to play like it's basically like they've taken artifact failures and then they've doubled down on making sure that those are right yep. i mean it's very because obvious it really, it really proved a point about yeah. what games are nowadays and i just think perhaps valve needed a little bit of a wake-up call on that they had the wrong read and mistakes happen you know they thought they had a good idea they clearly didn't the community spoke very clearly that this is not how games are now um so they probably came down to earth a little bit okay we are valve and we can also make mistakes so now we need to you know do things differently and yeah Everything I that just, Runeterra has done has been like the opposite, right? It, it's very, like, I, obviously, it, it, from our perspective, we can say this, like, post-artifact, mm-hmm. if you will, or at least this era, that they have looked at every single mistake and just learned from it. Like you said, they doubled down. I mean, the artifact was in beta for 10 months. How, is that how long we were in it? And they tested the monetization mm-hmm. for like a week. Like that was yeah. brought on at the last minute. We had no idea that was going to be the monetization model. Then it just came out and it flopped. So yeah, there were some mistakes made for sure. And but, the biggest shame in all of this is that Artifact was a good game. That's yes, the problem here. It really was actually fun. a good game. It was really well made. Um, there, was, there was so much interesting strategy and complexity and things you could do in the game and thinking and all this stuff. The design of the game itself was good, but that's just not what gaming is anymore. It's not only about, is your game good? It's about how do you market it? How do you price it? Is it enjoyable for people to play over longer periods of time? Progression. And they just, they checked one box out of five with that game. And that just doesn't do it anymore. Uh, Arguably, which is kind of a shame if the gameplay box isn't ticked, but all the other ones are, your game can still be a success. Mm-hmm. Even if the game isn't really good, if everything around it is done well enough, it can still get really popular and make a good profit. But See, that's, that's they not kind to of say did that, the opposite. Uh, they made a great game and nothing else, right? Right. That's basically I mean, that's, what it that's was. That's not to say you can't come out with a successful game without marketing. 
like here's a, here's a Slay the Spire, very popular game that came mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Literally two people made it, I believe. Yeah, and it's on great. Steam and super popular. That's an indie company. Like I don't think Valve, who's a billion dollar corporation, can do that. The same strategy as an indie company. It just doesn't work anymore. So things need to change, and hopefully, hopefully, some lessons were learned. I suppose. Uh, I believe that we have ended the episode, by the way, unless you want to talk about anything else, Sindarin. Uh, I want to talk about In Bruges. Oh, boy. Here we go. Did you watch it? <laughs> what do you want to talk about from In Bruges? Don't t- Why do you tease me like this? Huh? No, I didn't watch it. What did Thank you think? Thank you. I know. Did you watch The Joker, at least? No. Thanks. Do you, what do you do with your free time is my question. You can't find a spare hour and a half to watch this movie that's very important to me that we talk about literally every single week for the past three, four months, however long it's been. What do you do with your See, free time? No, but this is a really good analogy for how things are working in the real life right now with everything. You know what's more important than doing something for your friends or making them happy? Memes. Memes rule the world right now. <laughs> And this being a running joke is more value than me doing something <laughs> nice for you. I hate you so much. You know that? I mean, you can't disagree with it, though. <laughs> Do like, you even think fucking po- politics are memes now. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's Do not even about that... the politics anymore. It's about who can make the funniest image macro. Dude, like, I mean, That's seriously. true to a degree. Now, is there a limit? Does this become not funny for you at a certain point? I need to know in when advance. We the, when we get there, maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> God, you are actually the worst person I've ever met. Anyway, thanks for watching this episode <laughs> of We Say Things, uh, sponsored by nobody. Suns fan here with Cinderin. Until next week, same time, same place. See you guys. Bye-bye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.